Christian furries are worried they'll be targeted for their faith. A new toothpaste might help adults with peanut allergies. And an ultramarathon runner is banned after using a car in a race. These are the weird stories for Thursday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast in this vast galaxy. Billions of billions of stars, but only one weird news podcast on a daily. Here we go. Christian furries are worried that they'll be targeted for their faith. Christian furries, guys. We're going to learn a little bit about furries and um, specifically Christian furries. It's a new sect of Christianity that I had no idea existed. Wow, they really need to stop showing all dogs go to heaven in Sunday school. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Here's a problem you never knew existed, guys. Christian furries. Christian furries are worried. This is the problem. They're worried that people are going to come after them, not for being furries, but for apparently being Christians. All right, we have to define our terms up top. We all know what Christians are. Let's define what a furry is. Furries are individuals who are especially interested in anthropomorphic or cartoon animals, such as Bugs Bunny. They often strongly identify with these anthropomorphic animals and create what are called fursonas, identities of themselves as those anthropomorphic animals. Another question here um, underneath my Google search is, why do people become furries? Let's see what it says here. The largest group, 38% of those surveyed, describe their interest in furry fandom predominantly as a, quote, route to socializing with others who share common interests, such as anthropomorphic art and costumes. However, they also identified furries who saw themselves as, quote, other than human, or who desired to become more like animals. They don't even want to identify as human beings, and I can't blame them. I mean, we're kind of pathetic. Look at what we're doing. You know, is is this an intelligent species to you? I mean, (laughs) you know, I've never met a racist dog. For instance, I've, uh, I've taken a path. Let's get back to the story here. Um, the media interviewed leaders of what's called the Christian Furry Fellowship. Okay, the Christian Furry Fellowship. They asked them about the two things they feel obligated to hide from people in their lives. They claimed it was their faith and their fursonas. I don't know why you have to feel as though you have to hide your Christian faith. I mean, especially in this country. Yeah. There's more Christians than any other faith, it would seem. It says here, it's one thing to hide behind a costume where you can let your avatar represent you, but when you feel most at home in a furry subculture that's more atheist slash agnostic than Christian and very welcoming and accepting of LGBTQ people, what happens when you're a conservative Christ follower who believes most of the furries that you hang out with are actually hellbound because of their other beliefs? All right, let's try and unpack this a little more. I'll, I'll try and help here. <laughs> it seems to me like, for on, on the one hand, you have the furries who fear that they may be doxxed from within the larger, larger secular furry community for their Christian identity. And then you have what seems to be some of the furries are part of the LGBTQ community, and they're, uh, they're of course, afraid that they may be ostracized from their Christian community. In this particular article, um, we're dealing with evangelicals. Um, and so these furries are, are caught in a kind of a bit of a pickle, it seems. Um, 
the strange thing is that no one, no one's fearing being ostracized for the furry thing. I mean, that's just, everyone's sort of like okay with just, I don't know, dressing up as a bunny and walking around town. That just, I mean, wouldn't you be a little bit more concerned with, with being ostracized from your community as a whole because you want to go to Starbucks as Bugs Bunny? That's just, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too close-minded for, for this sort of thing. The article is quite extensive, interviewing furries, interviewing Christians, They're talking about bigoted beliefs that are being held by fundamentalist Christians, um, which, you know, is a thing, whether you're gay or even sometimes another race, um, never mind being covered head to toe in fur. Uh, <laughs> It says here, instead of trying to make the furry community more accepting of Christianity, the Christians should spend their time making evangelical churches more inclusive on matters such as sexual orientation and gender identity as well. I think at the end of the day, you got to just ask, what would Jesus do, you know, with the furries? And I mean, he probably would be like, look, guys, yeah, I walked on water. I healed the sick, but you know, I, I, I don't know what to do about these anthropomorphic humans. You know, they want to identify as uh, uh, cats and um, kangaroos. This is beyond my understanding. It's beyond my miracles. A study shows that a new toothpaste might help adults with peanut allergies. It's the sound of science. Boop, boop. Boop, science. And it's the story I've been waiting for. It's it's the science that I've been waiting years for. A toothpaste that could help with peanut allergies. A nut allergy solution, finally. Science is all done trying to figure out the kind of music that elephants enjoy. And now we're doing some real on-the-ground helpful science here. And something that could probably change Jonesy's life as well. Scientists have developed a new toothpaste that shows potential to prevent severe allergic reactions in adults with peanut allergies. What are you, putting Benadryl in the toothpaste? I don't know if I like the idea of that. That's just going to make me fall asleep. Although if I'm brushing my teeth right before bed, Benadryl in the toothpaste might help me just doze off a lot quicker. An early stage clinical trial tested whether 32 adults with peanut allergies could safely brush their teeth with this toothpaste, which contains trace amounts of peanut protein. So it's like a peanut butter toothpaste, it sounds. The hope is that introducing small amounts of peanuts to the body over time will help the immune system get used to the allergen and reduce severe reactions. Adults in the trial used this toothpaste once daily for 11 months. At the end of the study, none of the participants experienced severe nut allergy reactions or anaphylaxis. Anaphylaxis is an allergic response often characterized by difficulty breathing, swelling in the throat, pale skin, blue lips, fainting, or dizziness. And they didn't include a symptom that I always experience, which is extremely itchy armpits. It's very weird to have itchy armpits and nobody believes you. A summary of the results of this study was presented last week at the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology's annual meeting in Anaheim, California. Ah, oh, it's Anaheim, very close to me. I could have been here at the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I should just go there and let them study me. Although the trial focused on the safety of the toothpaste and did not test the effectiveness of the treatment in adults, the findings are an early indication that it could help prevent life-threatening allergic reactions in people with severe peanut allergies. 
We have uh, Dr. Bill, who's the lead author of this study, and he's a board-certified allergist. Dr. Bill says the toothpaste should be easier to administer than injection treatments, which are used for allergies to grass, trees, and weeds. With the toothpaste, he says, quote, Patients do not have to do anything other than brush their teeth. We think it will provide better protection because the patient will be taking their treatment on a regular basis without any interruptions at all. Now, how does it work? Well, when people brush their teeth with this toothpaste, the peanut protein gets absorbed into the mouth. Over time, immune cells in the mouth should become desensitized to the allergen and people's reactions to peanuts will become less severe. The body develops immunity to that allergen over time. Um, the doctor did note, though, that toothpaste is only intended to prevent a severe allergic reaction to an accidental exposure to peanuts and does not serve as a cure to the allergy. So you can't just wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, and eat a Snickers and be okay. You know, it's not going to go away. It's just going to reduce the reactions, which you know is good enough for me at this point. And um, if we have further good news, it says here several more treatments for peanut allergies are being studied in clinical trials as we speak. This is fabulous. Now, this is how the money should be spent in science. Not studying the kind of wallpaper that a cat enjoys. It says in the U.S., as far as peanut allergies goes, a 2021 study found that approximately 4.6 million U.S. adults have this allergy. That's like that's over 10 percent of the population. That's crazy. It says here that another study shows U.S. adult peanut allergies have more than tripled over the past two decades, though the reasons for this trend are unclear. People can't figure out why. I asked an allergy specialist this exact question. Why the peanut allergies? Why the allergies more so in the U.S. than other countries? So it seems. And uh, he told me that what uh, the people in his field say, they believe that the causes is what's called the hygiene theory. Now, they theorize that uh, Americans are so hygienic and clean and germaphobes that uh, we open ourselves up. We become more susceptible to uh, allergens in, the, uh, in our foods and, and whatnot. And I'm, you know, that's what he said. I don't know if it's true. Going to have to do more studies, obviously. But this is, a, this is a start. I love this peanut protein toothpaste. And it probably tastes delicious. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A runner is in trouble for using a car during a race. Ultramarathon runner Josia Zarzuski. Zakrzuski? Zakrzuski. Zakrzuski. It's the KRZ that's throwing me off, guys. Zakrzuski. Josia Zakrzuski. Zakrzuski. She's the ultra marathon runner. <laughs> I'm going to call her Jay-Z. Jay-Z for short. Jay-Z has been banned for 12 months, an entire year. Why didn't you just say a whole year? By the UK athletics because she cheated in the race by using a car. Uh, it's very strange. How, how did she even finish the race in a car? Didn't they, 
Didn't anybody see her pull up to the starting gate with a car? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they hear her revving it before the race started? I'm so confused. <laughs> Obviously, she jumped in the car like halfway through the race, I assume. Uh, let's find out. This has, you know, Rosie Ruiz vibes. Are you guys familiar with who Rosie Ruiz is? Well, in 1980, Rosie Ruiz, in the middle of the Boston Marathon, got on the subway. <laughs> so, yes, she had a good time in that race, yes. Yeah. Thanks to the subway. Bing bong! Next stop. <laughs> End of the race. Bing bong! Next stop, Harvard Square, followed by the finish line. It says here, Jay-Z, this runner in this story, the ultra-marathoner, accepted a medal and a trophy for finishing third in the 2023 GB Ultras Manchester to Liverpool 50-mile race. Um, okay, so how bad is this girl? She, she took a car and finished third. I mean, how do you... <laughs> What? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to take a car in the race to cheat, but like, if you're not finishing first in a car, what are we doing, lady? What <laughs> That's pathetic, man, really. Okay. Tracking information later showed that she traveled by car for about two and a half miles before continuing the race on foot. Jay-Z claimed she told officials she used a car and finished the race in a, quote, non-competitive way. Yeah, of course, because you got caught, and now you're going to say that. No, well, I was just practicing. That's why I took the car. It was non-competitive. Okay, okay, Jay-Z. Here's a quote from the organization that runs the Ultra Marathon. The claimant had collected the trophy at the end of the race, something which she should not have done if she was completing the race on a non-competitive basis. She did not seek to return the trophy in the week following the race. Even if she was suffering from brain fog on the day of the race, she had a week following the race to realize her actions and return the trophy, which she did not do. Finally, she posted about the race on social media, and this did not disclose that she had competed the race on a non-competitive basis either. So she, you know, she didn't return the trophy. She posted on social media that she won. You know, obviously she's lying at this to, to cover up, uh, you know, her cheating. Um, I'm wondering why they only banned her for a year. This, this seems like it should be a lifelong ban on somebody who takes a car in the middle of the marathon, wouldn't you say? The article goes on to list a number of ultra marathons that the 47-year-old Jay-Z has won over the years. And I guess you got to question the authenticity of these wins. In February, she won the Taipei Ultra Marathon. It's a 48-hour race. At the time, she set a world record distance of 255 miles in 48 hours. She probably uh, at least took a scooter on that one, I'd say. It says here that uh, she has a number of European ultramarathon records, including the Scottish 24-hour record, the British 200K, and the Scottish 100 miles record as well. And uh, probably a car involved in, in a lot of these. Wow, turns out I've been also doing a lot of ultramarathons every month. I, I call them road trips, is what I call them. They involve my 2010 Honda, and I'm good at them. Hello, my friends. Thanks for spending a little time with your pal Jonesy in the Weird AF News podcast, Thursday edition. I appreciate, appreciate everybody who reached out to me. Got some phone calls I'm going to publish after this, so stick around. If you guys would like to call the show, the number is 646-450-2012. My email is funnyjones at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at funnyjones. That's a place where you can see where I might be performing stand-up comedy if you, uh, if you would like to come see me live. 
I'm currently in Dallas, Texas, tonight through Sunday. So go to my Instagram for the link to get tickets or just send me a note, funnyjones at gmail.com. Um, tomorrow's Friday, as you know, so um, I'm going to be doing only weird news from Florida. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, we call it Florida Friday on Weird AF News. And uh, we're only, only going to be doing weird news from Florida from the week. People seem to enjoy this. So if you come across any weird Florida stories from the week, feel free to send them on over to old Jonesy. It's very, very helpful. And uh, together we can make the best uh, Florida Friday episode that we can make. Lastly, if you would like to support the show, consider joining the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash weirdafnews or download the Patreon app on your phone. And you can do a search for Weird AF News and find me there. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's about it for the outro. Appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Um, leave me a review because people have been leaving bad reviews. Yeah, maybe a, a review would be nice. Or don't do anything. Just enjoy the show and enjoy your Thursday. And good luck with your life, man. I care. I really care. Hello, listeners of Weird AF News. This is Michael calling from Iowa City, and I'm asking Jonesy to play this message because it's the week before Thanksgiving, roughly, and I am just appealing to all the listeners of Weird AF News to please uh, be showing their appreciation for Jonesy uh, since it's a week before Thanksgiving. It's the beginning of the Thanks for Giving campaign, and I'd like everyone to reach down in their pockets as they want to show appreciation for Jonesy and be grateful for all that we have as this listening community. Um, I, I'm blind, and I have mentioned that before on the show, and there aren't many people that I welcome into my home and into my heart, and Jonesy is one of those few people that I welcome into my home on a daily basis, and I'm super grateful for him and the Weird AF community, and I, um, you know, I'm very, very grateful for him and for the callers to the show and I am, am super, super thankful for them. And I show my appreciation to Jonesy throughout the year in many ways. I know we just had the uh, International Podcast Day uh, almost two months ago. And we're going to do this campaign now from Thanksgiving on through Christmas. So as I've done in the past for every new donation to the PayPal or people donating to Jonesy, by buying a cup of coffee or every new member who joins the Patreon, I'll make a dollar donation to match each person who uh, donates in one of those ways to Jonesy to help support him. So I'll do that by giving a, a dollar for every new member to Patreon, a cup of coffee bought for him, or uh, pay, PayPal donation to Jonesy, or someone who buys a cameo message. So that's the Thanks for Giving campaign. Please consider donating to Jonesy in one of these ways. And I thank you for your consideration for this. And thanks for giving and good luck with your life, man.